The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. present that you do in every life even those joining us over the internet that which eyes have not seen that which ears have not heard do that which has not even begun to enter into the hearts of men and let the name of Jesus and Jesus alone be glorified honor and glory we give unto you in Jesus mighty name we are praying amen God bless you you may be seated Praise the name of the Lord. Today, um, uh, this weekend is, is one of those weekends that um, I have the rare privilege of, well, of preaching a single sermon that is standalone, you know, part of a series, you know. And, um, and today, we will be looking at the church God blesses, the church God blesses, and by extension, that will apply to the family God blesses, to the individual that God, that God blesses. Last week was Easter, and Easter is the celebration of Jesus' Jesus's resurrection, and without contention, without question, it's the most important date in the calendar, in the Christian calendar, is Easter. Because without the resurrection, there is nothing. And the second most important date in the Christian calendar is, you know, Christmas. The day that is celebrated at Jesus, the birth of, of Christ. But I'm almost sure many people, many of you wouldn't know the third most important date in the Christian calendar. If you were not here at the first worship experience yesterday evening, if I were to ask you, what is the third most important date in the Christian calendar, what would you say? Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> Lifeline. Well, are the other things there? You are not here. You didn't watch online. So what is it? Oh, that is correct. <laughs> Pentecost. Pentecost is, is the third, if you will, most important date in the Christian calendar. And Pentecost means pent from 50, 50 days after Passover. And Passover is, is a Jewish feast and Pentecost is a Jewish feast. But Jesus was crucified on Passover, Jesus was our Passover. It was the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the earth. I mean, the Jews didn't know it, but that was when it actually happened. And 50 days after, God tore the heavens open and the Holy Spirit filled the room that about 120 people were gathered. And the church was born on Pentecost. 
on the day of Pentecost. That was when the church was born. So 50 days after resurrection, and we are counting, you know, as it were, 50 days after resurrection, Jesus is alive. And he says to the people, wait, wait for the power. Wait until I send the Holy, Holy Spirit. And guess what? 50 days after Easter is May 15th. And as it is, May 15th is our next God to do again service. I'm just totally fired up. <laughs> it wasn't planned. I mean, I, I'm not that smart. I'm sure you know. It, it's just God putting everything together. I, I'm just fired up. Totally. Anti my anticipation is, has hit the roof and beyond. And God is trying to tell us the significance of the church. The church is one institution that will last forever. No government will last forever. No institution will last forever. But the church will last forever. Now, when we look at the first church or the early church, we see the DNA of the church. We see the church that God blesses. And by extension, because church is people, we see the family that God blesses. We see the individuals that God blesses. If we imbibe and internalize the DNA of the first church, we will be a people that God blesses. And we are grateful to God. God is blessing our church, God's baby house. People are getting saved. People are getting delivered. People are getting healed. People are getting filled with the Holy Spirit. In our worship experiences, people are just getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And speaking in tongues for the first time. Glory be to God. But my outcry and prayer is that God look no further. Here we are. Look no further. Continue to intensify your presence. Continue to intensify your blessings. So the question is, how do we become a church that God blesses and blesses and blesses and continues to bless until Jesus comes? How do we become a people, a family that God blesses and blesses and continues to bless? And when we look at the early church, we see eight things that jumps out at us that were wired in their DNA. So to have God's blessings that keeps intensifying, we must continue to do eight things that we see in the early church. Number one, to have God's blessings that keeps intensifying in our church, in our families, in our lives. We must continue, number one, to pray for God's power. We must continue to pray for God's power. The presence of God and the presence of God's power is what makes the church different from every other organization or group. It's the presence of God's power that makes the church different from Rotary Club, from Sunshine Sisters. It's the presence of God's power that makes the church different from the Village Association. It's the presence of God's power that makes the church different from any organization. The church has God's power. Apple as big, as liquid, as, as, as much money as they have, they don't have 
the power of the Holy Ghost. Google. Can be excited about that. It's okay. Google doesn't have the power of the Holy Ghost. Google doesn't have it. You can Google it. <laughs> if you check the big organizations, there's, there's no government that has the power of the Holy Spirit. It is only the church that has the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is only the church that will last forever. For eternity. Kings will come. Kingdoms will come. Kingdoms will go. Organizations will come. Organizations will go. But Jesus remains the same. He remains the same. And the number one way to get God's power is prayer. The number one way to get God's power is prayer. In Acts 1, 14, they all met together. And they were constantly united in prayer. In Acts 2, from verse 1, it says that on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together. Everybody say together. Oh, they were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven. Like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to, feel, to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. And we see here that if you look at, if you want to see a true church, the qualities of a true church is in this scripture. If you, if you, if you maybe you're, you have siblings that are living in different parts of the world or different parts of the nation, and you, they, they want to ask you, what, what, how do I recognize a true church to join? We see in this scripture that the true church that God blesses has three qualities. The true church is powerful, is on fire, and is multicultural. A true church is powerful. A true church is on fire, and a true church is multicultural. It's strange to have a church, and everybody is a Bibio. It's very strange. It's very strange to have a church, and everybody is a particular kind of... It's very strange. Why? Because what Jesus came to do is to bring diversification. And the power is in prayer. So, for us to have God's blessings in our lives, in our families, in the church, we have to continue to pray for God's power. We, by the grace of God, we, 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 we pray in God's favor help. Almost every day of the week, if not every day of the week, here in this place, physically, there's a video going on. There are people praying. When we move towards God's uh, God-related service, we have prayer meetings every day. We have visit. Why do, are we praying? Because we want God's power. We are hungry for God's power. Number two, to have God's blessings that keeps intensifying. Not only must we continue to pray for power, we must continue to use everybody's language. We must continue to use 
everybody's language. And this is huge because God wants us to be a multicultural, all-nation congregation. God wants us to be a multicultural, all-nation congregation. And that is, that is, we have to embrace that. That's the diversity that Jesus brings. When the Holy Ghost came, people had their own native tongue, native dialect. In Acts 2, 4b, it says, they all began to speak with different languages. As the Spirit gave each of them the power to express themselves. These were actual languages. This was not the gift of tongues spoken about in 1 Corinthians 14. That is for spiritual growth, personal spiritual growth. This was for, for a witness. This is what was for mission. This is people hearing natural languages. They were hearing all sorts of their different languages. And that is significant. Every nation in verses 5 to 8, the Bible says all of us, the people were saying, every one of us were hearing ourselves. We are hearing ourselves. In verse 11, Acts 2, and I'm going pretty fast. Verse 11, it says, all of us hear them speaking in our own languages about the great things God has, has done. You know, the implication of this to you and I, how does this apply to you and I? Number one, God has put you in this church and in your God, church family to reach someone no one else can reach. God has put you here because you speak a language which is number two, that probably no one else speaks. Or let me put it this way. You speak a language that there are other people that understand that language. For some of us, we are mothers of toddlers. You know, mothers of toddlers, they speak a language only other mothers of toddlers understand. Do you understand? So that is, a, that is a language that only mothers of toddlers will understand. Some of us, we are single parents. You know, I was, I was having a chat with a single parent and, you know, and um, my wife and I, you know, really um, love her very much and all that. And, and I was saying to her that single parents only can speak a language only single parents understand. Because Married, settled homes, thank God for married, settled homes, may not understand the language of single parenting. And there are other single parents, take that for, for, for instance, that will understand your language. Some of us, we are techie people. We are into computers, into all sorts of gadgets and all that stuff. And we have a language too. The language is called geek. Not Greek. We speak geek. And did you know that when you speak geek, some people can't understand you, but there are some people that is the only language they understand. Geek. I remember some time ago, I was trying to explain to, to one of my colleagues how God speaks, that God speaks. So I was like, look, how can you say God speaks? And, you know, and 
I think I, I used, I used um, client-server architecture to explain when, you, when a client wants to log into a server and explain the protocols, and he, he got it. He was like, okay, I understand it. I said, I said for instance, you know, man, can't, I can send a file from this phone to this phone over Bluetooth. Can you see the files going? He says, no. I said, so you're telling me God cannot talk to me via spiritual Bluetooth. He can Praise the name of the Lord. Geek. Some of us speak geek. Some of us, we speak football. We know all the clubs. We know all the matches. We know the time for El Clasico. We know who won. We know who scored. You know, I you discuss with somebody. I say, oh, this person scored a goal. And I think the person scored um, um, towards the end. He says, no, 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 no. He says, no, no. The person scored at the 34th minute. I'm like, how do you know that? Because you speak soccer. There are other people out there that God is entrusting you to reach that guess what they understand? Soccer. Some of us, we speak golf. There are people that God wants to reach that they won't understand anything. But when you bring a golf analogy, okay, that is what you are trying to say. Some of us, we speak business. We are entrepreneurs. We, we, are, we have a killer instinct. We see an opportunity. We recognize it immediately. Some of us, we speak the language of professionals. Professionals, yeah. They're professionals. We are career people. What I'm saying is that everybody here has a language. And there are people out there that will understand your language and God is relying on you to speak that language to them. Do I get an amen? He is relying on you to speak the language to them. Why? Because he wants to draw. You have friends that are close to you but far from God. You have people in your life that if nothing happens dramatically, if they don't change the course of their direction, you know they are going to hell. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to just ignore them? Or are you going to cooperate with God and speak everybody's language? So to have a church, to have a family, and to be a people that have God's blessings, that keeps intensifying in our lives, not only must we pray for power, use everybody's language, we must use everybody's talents. We must use everybody's talents. We are here to help you use your talent for God's glory. If you check the early church, the first church, you will see clearly on a hundred percent participation. Every member, a minister, no spectators. There were no spectators in the early church. All army, all ages, both genders, multicultural. And we are praying in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that in God's favorite house, we will have a hundred percent participation. Every member, a minister, no spectators, all army, all ages, both genders, multicultural. In the name of Jesus. And that's what we see in the early church. If you read Acts 2, 
14 to 18 and 21. It says, Then Peter stood up and said, These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only 9 o'clock in the morning. God says, I will pour out my spirit on, on how many people? On everyone. Your sons and daughters will proclaim my message. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will have dreams. Yes, even my servants, both men and women, I will pour my spirit on in those days and they will all proclaim my message. Then everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Sons and daughters, men and women, young and old, who is excluded? Nobody. So we see a church that is all inclusive. Everybody is engaged. Now, if you've been coming to God's favorite house and you're not engaged, you need to rethink. I want to challenge you to, to engage. You know, I, I, I bumped into a lady. Um, I went to the gym some, some, I think a few weeks ago and I bumped into this lady. I, I didn't know her, you know. And, you know, I was, you know, those things are just torturous. I was trying to just, you know, and, and she, she came to me and she says, oh, pastor, you know. And I said, okay, hi. You know, I'm used to it. I mean, pastor, hi. How are you? Oh, is this you? I wasn't lying. I, I knew her by the spirit. So, I, <laughs> so I didn't say that, actually. But I said, oh, how are you? And she said, oh, I'm fine. She says, oh, we just relocated. We're, we're coming to the church for about three months now. And she says, and I have not attended the journey. I was like, did I ask you for the journey? It's guilty conscience for you. <laughs> she says, I have not attended the journey. I will attend. I promise you I will attend. But I have not attended the journey. Now, that tells me two things. It tells me, number one, we are doing a good job telling people about the journey. Number two, it's also encouraging because she sees that she needs to attend the journey. You need to attend the journey. You need to get engaged. You need, we need to have a 100% participation. So that the name of Jesus can be glorified. Do I get an amen? amen. You see, I, I, I say this very um, respectfully. And I, and I say that if, if you want to passively waste your life on things that don't matter, on stuff that don't matter. If you, if you just want to, to, to come to church and just coast, you want to do things that are not significant, that are not eternal, things that will not matter a hundred years from now. If that is all you want to waste your life doing, respectfully, I'm telling you, this is not your church. It isn't. But you see, if, if, you, if you want to make your life count, if you want to fulfill the purpose for which you were created, welcome to God's favorite house. Because we will challenge you. We will, we will push you, as it were. We will nudge you. In, in our, why? Because we want to get to heaven and see you and we are excited together. Wouldn't that be fantastic? It would be awesome. Number four, quickly. To have God's blessings that keeps intensifying, we must continue, number four, to be devoted to God's word. We must hear it, read it, study it, memorize it, meditate on it. Again, if you've done the journey, you, you know that. 
how to grasp the word. We must hear it, read it, study it, memorize it, meditate on it. In Acts 2, 42, the A part, it says concerning the, the disciples, the early church, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. They devoted. They, they, they were, they, it's like if they would lock the door and they threw away the key. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the word of God, to the apostles' teaching. The church that God will bless is the church that is built on the word of God. The family that God will bless is a family that is built on the word of God. The life that God will bless is the life that is built on the word of God. You know, back in the day, earlier on in our marriage, you know, my wife and I, we have, you know, um, a quarrel, you know, and in my mind, I think she just waits until it's evening. And, and she says to me, I know you're upset at me, but you know the Bible says that don't let the sun go down on your anger. I will be angry. But I have a choice. Will I build my life on the word of God? Or will I disregard the word of God because of my own preferences? Because I was right? I have a choice. Guess which I choose? I choose to live by the word of God. That's okay, okay, okay. So we make up and that's it. I mean, so we keep very short accounts. Why? Because we build our lives on the word of God. She just waits, particularly when she's wrong. She waits till evening. She says, it's evening, the sun is going down. <laughs> we have to make up. Okay. So we, we just don't hear it. We just don't read it. We just don't study it. We just don't memorize it. We just don't meditate on it. We do it. We do the word of God. Everything for 50. We, we reach out to our community. In Acts 2, Peter shared the good news to the world. And people gave their life to Jesus. Peter shared the good news. And I was saying to them in the first worship experience yesterday that if as we are going for everything for 50, it's going to happen at a community. We are going to go by boat. It's going to be fantastic. You know, we want to come on an adventure. Don't worry. We'll go safely and come back safely in Jesus' name. You know, I mean, we get to the community. We are serving them and all that stuff. And somebody says to you, I didn't know Christians are like this. And the person says, what is the good news? What is the gospel? I don't understand this gospel thing. And the person pulls you to a corner and says to you, what is the good news? What will you say? What, what will you say? I mean, for many Christians, when you ask them to articulate the gospel, we begin to scratch our heads. But we're going to solve the problem for you today. That you, are, you should be able to answer anyone that asks you this question, or even infer it, what is the good news? The good news is this. My past is forgiven. I have a 
purpose for living, and I have a home in heaven. Jesus is alive. That is the good news. What is the good news? Past forgiving, purpose for living, home in heaven. What is the good news, everybody? That's the good news. Past forgiving. I have a purpose for living. Many people don't know why they are existing. I have a purpose for living. I have a purpose for living. I know why I am alive. I know why I am here. I was, I was playing golf yesterday, and I, and I saw someone that is my, um, my brother's, one of my brother's friends. And he said to me that, oh, oh, your siblings, there are six of us. You are the only one in Nigeria. I said, yeah. He says, are you not also thinking, because the, the economic conditions in those countries are better, are you not also thinking of uh, Andrew? You know, Andrew, or relocating. You know, I said to him, I'm not quite sure you understood me, but I said to him, I said, I have been assigned to this nation. I said, this guy is not going anywhere. I've been assigned to this. We have to wrestle this nation back from the hands of the devil and hand it over to the next generation. A better nation. <laughs> I have a purpose for living. And not only do I have a purpose for living, I have a home where? In heaven. I have a home in heaven. That's the good news. Past forgiving, purpose for living, home in heaven. Jesus is alive. To have God's blessings that keeps intensifying, we must continue, number five, to be willing to sacrifice. Again, I said, in, in God's favorite house, this is great because by God's grace, we are not strangers to, being, to sacrificial living in God's favorite house. If you look at the first church, the first church was famous for their generosity. They were so generous that the, the Nero and all those Roman emperors, they were like, we don't understand these people. They called them cannibals because they said they are eating the flesh of the Lord and they are drinking the blood of the Lord. But they said there's something about these people. They are generous people. We have to be known as generous people. JFH, by God's grace, is famous for generosity. Every, everything for 50, Claire. You guys are famous for generosity. We like to give and to give and to give. I got a call some, a few days ago, about a week ago, of some reverend in the north. I've, I've never met him. I was, I was speaking to him for the first time. But back in the day, in the first few waves of Boko Haram in this nation, the church he was pastoring was raised down, was burnt down. I mean, by by Boko Haram, and they sent us the pictures back then, you know? And we, we decided that, okay, we will help in building back the church. And it was, it was, and we were sending money to them, and it was 
sent me some, some pictures and he was calling to, to, to thank us that, you know, the church has been built. Praise the name of the Lord. And it's, it's fantastic. You know, just, just an honor. You know, driving, driving here, um, I, I, I went to pick someone that wouldn't come to church. So I went to carry her home. Like, you must come to church today by first. Anyway, as she was asking me, when are we going to build? That she comes to church, she just says, oh, we have not even, Pastor, tell me, what's the timeline? What's the plan? I said, I don't know. But we have not built, but God is using us to help build other churches. And that's just one example. There are a couple of, of others. We probably will articulate everything and present it to you at some point. Praise the name of the Lord. You are a sacrificial church. Acts 2, 42, 44 to 45. Write it down for your reference. I'm going to go pretty fast. Acts 2, 46. Acts 2, 46. Write it down for your reference. They were known for their generosity. So, for me, or for us to be a church that God blesses, for my family to be a family that God blesses, for my life to be a life that God blesses, I must continue to pray for God's power. We must continue to use everybody's language. We must continue to use everybody's talent. We must continue to be devoted to the word of God. And we must be willing to sacrifice. And number six, for us to become a church, a people, a family, individuals that God continues to bless, we must continue to love each other deeply. And this is huge. We must continue to love each other deeply. There are too many fake Christians out there. There are too many people that if things don't go their way, they're going to throw you under the bus. There are too many people that are fickle. Is that I have, I have my way or I mess, mess everything up? If we are to continue to be a people that God will bless, we must love each other deeply. Growing churches love and loving churches grow. Growing families love and loving families grow. Growing individuals love and loving individuals grow. The word for fellowship is, you know, it's koinonia, koinonia in, 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 the, in the original. It means committed to each other as unto Christ. So, if you want God's blessings in your life, you must be committed to loving other Christians deeply. Deeply. In Acts 2, 42b, it says, they took part in the fellowship and sharing in fellowship meals and praying together. The CV translation says, they were like family to each other. We have to be like family to each other. We should be known for our love, what we are for, more than we are known for what we are against. We should be known for what we are for much more than what we are against. The church is in his Mostly known for what it's against. We are anti-abortion. We are anti-homosexual. We are anti-this. We are anti-that. But 
truth be told, I think we should be focusing more on what we are for. Because when you really stand for something, inadvertently you are standing against something, but you are more consumed with what you are for. And that's the love. And that's the love. Back in the day, they used to give, in fact, Paul wrote in one of his letters, Christians, they used to give themselves only kisses and only hugs. Did you know that? Not lustful kisses. Holy kisses. So some bishops gathered and said that, oh, because they were doing it innocently, and that is, that is the culture. Even Paul encourages it, that people need physical contact. So some bishops gathered about a hundred years ago, and they said, look, you know what? People can begin to, to be lustful. So they banned it. But it's in the Bible. You know it's in the Bible. So which should we do? The one in the Bible or the one the bishop says? Which should we do? The one in the Bible. Okay, so we should be giving holy kisses. Holy, holy. Say, Pastor, how would you know which one is holy? <laughs> and that's the point. That's the point. You should know it is holy. Because unto the pure, all things are, and unto the defiled, all things are defiled. Even the things that are pure are defiled. That's what the Bible says. Okay, let me just go on. Okay, someone is receiving it. Because <laughs> the way people are looking at me, like, this man, don't start a revolution in this place. In fact, I want to start a revolution. Can we just take a moment and hug three people? Get up, get up, get up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you. Okay, make it, make it five, make it five. Make it five. All five people. Make it seven, seven, seven. All seven people. Count, keep counting, keep counting. Keep counting, keep counting. Choir is not allowed to all choir. Okay, find your way back to your seats. Find your way back to your seats. Find your way back to your seats. Now, now, let me, let, me, let me ask you one question. Honestly, don't you feel more spiritual? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Before I ask that, don't you feel better? Who doesn't feel better? Let me see your hands up. So we can hug you some more. <laughs> you. <laughs> that's, that's what God says in his word. Many times we need to choose one. Are we going to live by what the bishop says or by what the word says? In Acts 2.46b, it says they worshipped together regularly at the temple each day and they met in small groups in homes for communion and they shared their meals with great joy and thankfulness. They met together in church and they met in their life groups at home. That was the early church. For us to remain a church that God will bless, we have to meet together. 
and meet in, a, in the small groups. Some people say, I've, I mean, I've read certain blogs, uh, people that say, oh, Jesus will not attend all these big, big churches. When a church, someone says all these mega churches, because when a church becomes over a thousand, two thousand, it's considered as a mega church. I know that Jesus will not have anything to do with all those mega churches. And I laugh, you know, because they don't know the Bible. They're just saying things that are cute. Jesus, um, Peter preached one sermon, and 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus. So their church grew from 120 to 3,000 in one day. Jesus must have run away from the church. In fact, the church in Jerusalem grew so much that they used to meet in the temple, in, the, in Solomon's part. The place is so big that it can take 100,000 people standing. So guess what? There were no seats. The church had 100,000 people in service, and they were having service every day. You know, we are having our own once a week. Every day. Ushers were not tired. Children's church teachers were not complaining. Choirs were not, I mean, everything was just on fire. Then they would go home, and they would meet. And I said to people that as long as there's one person out there that doesn't know Jesus in this lucky area, as long as there exists one person that is far from God or is unchurched, God's favorite house will keep growing. Pastor, aren't you tired? When are we going to stop? No, 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 we can't be tired. Our vision is to be filled with the life of Christ Jesus, released into our destinies, and what? Taking the world for him. We have to take the world for Jesus. So some of you, you may be saying, can I give my house for house fellowship? Yes, you can. We'll be happy to, to do a life group in your, in your house. Or you say, okay, but I don't want to teach. Can I just be the host? Yes, we'll take that too. We'll send a missionary to your house to do the preaching and the teaching. And, and we are serious about it. So, to be a people that God blesses and God's blessings will intensify, we must, number seven, number six, we must love each other deeply. Number seven, we must Worship with joy. We must worship with what? With joy. With joy. Our services should be festivals and not funerals. Our services should be a place of celebration. You know, someone said to me, um, okay, I get, I get it that, I mean, that funeral thing. That, but festival? Why isn't that too... Exorbitant. I mean, why festival? See, yes, just um, close to funeral, but not really funeral. And I said, my past is forgiven. I have a purpose for living. I have a hope, a home in heaven, and Jesus is alive. Why would I celebrate? <laughs> what are you talking about? We should be quiet. No, we will not be quiet. We won't be quiet in Jesus' name. <laughs> Verse 46 to 47, and they continue to worship together in the temples, praising God and enjoying 
There are too many bad news in this, in this world. Too many bad news. Some of us who come to church, we are flat. But in the name of Jesus, we are going to use our spiritual jumper cables to charge you up. By the time you leave church, you'll be fired up. <laughs> but you see, there's one thing about this. There's a, the key thing here is this. You see, you, you really cannot become fired up by being passive. Worship only recharges you if you participate. Worship will only recharge you if you participate. If you sit down there, it cross your leg. I just think, what are they talking about? It's like a rock that you throw in water. In Acts 2, 28, this is Paul. He was quoting the Psalms. He says, you, you've shown me the path that leads to life. Uh, sorry, Peter quoting the Psalms. He says, your presence fills me with joy. Verse 26, he says, because of this, my heart will be glad. My words will be joyful. I will live in hope. You are wired by God to express emotions. You are wired by God to express emotion. And where else would you rather express your emotions of love if not with your God? Growing up, you know, I remember very vividly my dad taking us, I think myself and my brothers, to go and watch a match at the National Stadium. How many people have watched a match in a stadium before? Let me see your hands up. Okay. You know, you understand what I'm saying. The rest of you, what you are seeing on TV is not even close. The energy. The, in fact, right now I can remember walking out of, of the National Stadium. The, the, the impression he made on my little mind was unforgettable. Why? Everybody was buzzing. Eh? Eh? Ooh. I mean, I was like, so I was joining them. I didn't even know. When they say eh, I say eh, you know. <laughs> it, was, it was just a lot of fun. And a lot of energy. And we're pouring it out. And you see, in, in retrospect, I look at this, I look at even if you look at Premiership, La Liga, all those, all the huge fans, it is, it is the innermost desire in man to worship. That is what everybody is craving. And there is no better place to express it than where? Than God. Than to God, in God's house. Because if you don't worship God, you're going to worship something else. If you don't worship God, that's the truth, you're going to worship something else. If, if a Real Madrid fan, if he, if he lifts up his hands and jumps and jubilates, oh, we say he's a fan. He's a fan. But if I lift up my hands and I jump and I jubilate for my God, you say I'm a fanatic. He says I'm fanatic. Why? Because you want to, you want to sell me a lie and I'm not going to buy it. Many of us, we feel like lifting our hands in God's house. You're you saying, be cool, girl, be cool. We feel you, you, you worship is going on and you are moved and you feel like kneeling down and worshiping God. And you're saying, oh, my shoes. If I come with, with the flat shoes, I, I, I would have been able to kneel down. Really? Really? She is the person that has legs and wears shoes. 
person that doesn't have back pain is the one that wears eye heels. The eye heels can go to So the question is, how come it's only when we want to worship God that we want to draw lines? How come? How come it's only when we want to thank our God that we want to be civil? How come when your favorite football star scores a goal, you shout, goal! How come? How come? In 2018, when Super Eagles wins the World Cup, How come you will not sit still? How come you will jubilate? I remember back in the day in, um, when we won um, Brazil. Atlanta 96. I was on the streets, I tell you. I tell you, I was on the streets. Oh, everybody was on the streets. We were jumping. How come? You say, let's, let's dance for Jesus. You know, something is wrong with that picture. Immediately, something is wrong with it. Your basketball guy did a, a, a three-pointer on, on the last second. You scream. You see a golf professional sink a 30-foot pot. And the ball goes into the hole. And you're like, what? You pause it. You call your wife. You have to see this. You know, my wife, many times, you know, she said to me that one day you call me, I tell you you want to play cricket. <laughs> because I've played so many sports. And I drag her. I will pause it. And I say, you have to see this goal. And I, she says, the goal, I don't understand. Is it where the ball enters the net? I say, get out, get out. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are telling me that I can only get excited in everything apart from God. That is nonsense. I want to get excited with God because that's what I've been created to be excited in God. In God. You know, there are only two reasons why people reject Christ. Two, two reasons why people reject Christ. Number one, they've not met a Christian. Number two, they have met a Christian. It's just, just two reasons. They say this one, so this is how it is. You are, so you're a Christian. You look like you're spiritually constipated. No joy, nothing. You can't even laugh. People are not interested. People want, <laughs> you see, if you, if you even look at the, the I, I, I don't support any club. None. Only Super Eagles. You know. And it's not a club. It's a nation. It's a country. I step back and I, I look at the dynamics from, I've been following football forever. So, I've seen movements. People are abandoning clubs that are not winning these days. You know, back in the day, there used to be a lot of Liverpool fans. You are still a Liverpool farmer. 
because they are diehard. My, my dad was a Liverpool fan. We had all sorts of jackets, everything. Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. Today, the world has moved on. People are... I, I heard an Arsenal fan saying, I give Asawenga this season. After this season... Manu fans are under pressure. Even Manu fans are considering their noisy neighbors. The one that shocked me the most was I was watching a TV analysis of a match and somebody called in and the person said, you know, they usually ask you the, the club that you support. The person says, I'm a Leicester fan. I say, Leicester too, don't get fat. <laughs> if you don't understand soccer, you don't know what I'm talking about. Leicester is like, who, last year, who will even say it? But now, people are, we- they are wearing Verdi's t-shirts. Do you know why? People want to be a part of the winning team. Jesus died and rose again and conquered them. That is the winning team. President of the Lord. And it is the one that will not expire. It will always win you trophies. Unlike, uh, we know. Okay, let me land this plane. Number eight, finally. To have God's blessing that keeps intensifying, we must bring our friends to Jesus. We must bring our friends to Jesus. We must bring our friends to Jesus. You can write down Acts 2, 40 to 41. Acts 2, 47. But the key thing is this. When people like what they see in us, they will listen to what we say. They will not listen to what we have to say if they don't like what they see. So what I'm saying is this. Before people trust Jesus, they have to trust you. And that is big. Before people can trust Jesus, they have to trust me. I mean, that is so almost scary, if not scary. It's big. It's big. So just love people. Jesus says to you and I, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Acts 1.8, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria to the ends of the earth. And, and in God's baby house, not only are we doing that in our individual lives and we are encouraging people to do it, as a church, we are reaching the world. We have God's baby house in Cape Town. We have Gospel House in Ibejuleki. One is starting in, in Calabar. We are looking at one starting in the mainland in the Kenya somewhere. We are working on one starting in Europe. We are working on two starting in North America. You know, it's, we want to reach the world for Jesus. And like I said to them in the, in the first worship experience, that for those of us in the big church, we have to be the parents. 
In other words, we have to sacrifice to make all this happen. And one of the sacrifices is that you, you, have, to, you have to share me with them. Lady did like this. Yes. So you have to share me with them. I have to be. I won't go for long. I'll be back shortly. But the point is this. Some of you will also have to go. That's the truth. To strengthen those churches. Some of you will have to go to Pakistan, to Cape Town, to Afghanistan, to Iran, to Tokyo, to America, to the UK, to... Because that is what Jesus has called us to do. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. Let's just say to the Lord. Let's say, Father, fill my life with your Holy Spirit. Make my life a powerful and attractive witness. Talk to God. Some of you, you are here. Your past is not forgiven. You don't have a purpose for living. You cannot even say you have a home in heaven. Today, you want to be able to say, Pastor, I want to be able to say, past forgiven, purpose for living, home in heaven. Or I used to be born again, but, I, but now I'm backsliding. I want to come back. And you pray with me. Yes, I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward. I want to pray with you. Pastor, that is me. Pray with me. Put up your hand now over your head quickly, and I'll pray with you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Over there. God bless you. Over there. Keep the hands up, and I'll pray with you. God bless you over there. God bless you over there. Past forgiving. God bless you. God bless you over there. Purpose for living. God bless you over there. Home in heaven. God bless you right there. Over here. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. My past is forgiven. And as, as your hands are, are up, you, once you have the card, God bless you right there, my sister. God bless you. You, you, you. God bless you right there. God bless you. Right there, my brother. Right at the back. God bless you. You, you can say, Lord, forgive my past. Give me a purpose. Secure my home. Once you have the card, you can put down the hand and just talk to God. The rest of us, let's, let's just pray for ourselves that we will be a church that God continues to bless. We will be families that God continues to bless. We will be individuals that God continues to bless. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we give you praise and glory. All our glory we give unto you, Lord. We pray for everyone surrendered to you. Change their lives. Totally. Bring glory to your name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen.